0: Welcome to a very special edition of the Cross-Border Interview Podcast. From time to time, the show will be diverting from its show structure to discuss the most important issue of the day. Whether it's an election, an awards show, breaking news across the world, or an issue of a local scale, we will be bringing guests onto the show to discuss the issues that is on everyone's mind. So here now is the Cross-Border Interview Podcast discussing... 2020 Presidential ah! Debate. Uh, thank you very much for doing this. Uh, I forced you into doing this at the last moment tonight. So uh, much appreciate it. Uh, my husband,
1: Ricardo Miranda. Well, thank you for inviting me tonight. I, I do love the last minute invitation, but hey. It's what I do best. It's what I do best. So um,
0: today's topic that we're going to be discussing. Uh, we just sat down for a 90 minute uh, quote unquote presidential debate. I'm not sure if you can call it. I that. don't think you can. You cannot. <laughs> (laughs) call it a presidential debate, but we are going to dissect it from a Canadian's perspective here. So, uh, From my first initial thoughts was I spent 90 minutes listening to three white men
1: Talk over each other for the last ninety minutes. What were your thoughts? Uh, I think uh, the phrase that Bet descri- best describes tonight uh, tonight's debate is three grandpas yelling at each other, not really having a debate. I I've I've watched debates before, um, presidential debates as well, and I have never seen what I saw tonight. It was just chaotic. I don't think a, a voter would have come away with an, a sense of who they they see as as um, as a candidate. For for them because they didn't really talk about issues. They were just basically hurling insults at each other. They were talking, they brought a lot of their family issue and their family drama into this. And if I was a voter, an American voter sitting back thinking how is this going to affect me? All I learned about is their ongoing feud about their family feud, but very little about policy, very little about uh, actual ideas or even plans on how to solve the issues that are are really problematic right now in the United States. I mean, around the world you have COVID, uh, racism, but uh, uh, in the states right now, it seems to be very, a uh, very prevalence um, a problem and I didn't hear any plans
0: and that was the thing like usually debates usually take a few minutes like usually the first half hour and both the candidates getting there uh, they're sort of them getting wet and then the last hour is usually them attacking each other this one right out of the gate I found that it there was no bold bar it wasn't a quote-unquote traditional debate format as much as Chris Wallace the moderator tried to moderate it into a uh, debate format, the two candidates just decided, no, we don't care what the questions are. We're just going to attack each other or talk over top of each other.
1: Well, and the thing is you can have a moderator, um, uh, do their job. And if, if the candidates don't follow the rules, you're you're not going to have a very good outcome. But at the same time, you, you, I don't think that he was the most effective moderator, um, out there for tonight's debate. Um, I had the experience once of having to moderate uh, a meeting between the premier and the then uh, uh, leader of the opposition in a uh, uh, an estimates uh, um, meeting, and they started doing that. They started talking over each other because they were both passionate, but um, I, I think both of them were able to uh, be brought back to the issues to talk about um, what, what we were there to talk about rather than uh, going off in tangents. And I, and I think, uh, not to say that I'm a good moderator, but I think they, they could have been more done to bring the discussions back, right? He was, he was letting them get away with the jabs at each other and not really challenging them to actually answer the questions.
0: Well, before the debate started, and like, there's a little backstory to this is Chris Wallace, Fox News host, an evening news host said that he was not going to fact check the president or Joe Biden during this because this was for the American people to do their own fact checking. He was just going to leave it be and just sort of step back and ask the questions and let them talk. But it seemed from my perspective that Joe, uh, that Chris Wallace was... Basically, becoming the third presidential candidate on that stage tonight where he would interject against Trump and Biden, but also make it about him that I'm the moderator. I'm here when it should have been technically about those two. And hypothetically, if you took him out of the equation, it was the same debate you probably would have gotten.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. Um, <sighs> journalists have the ability to challenge the people that they're interviewing, to get them to answer the questions, even the uncomfortable ones. I've been in that situation before. And um, tonight would have been best served by somebody who could do that. Rather than bringing it back to him, like you said, it would have been someone who who would have continued asking the question and pressing for an answer. And he just basically moved from one topic to the other. He he had an agenda he had to get through. And uh, uh, as best as he could, he tried to bring them back but I think he could have done more that's all I'm all I'm going to say about that he, he, um, he didn't challenge them to actually answer the questions
0: Was there any highlights in the debates like overall perspectives of the last 90 minutes you just watched would you say there was a clear winner in the sense of a debate is usually won or lost
1: I don't think either one of them actually won
0: and I'll agree with that because uh, the whole time I was watching it, it was like one would get a good point the other one would get a good point and then they would talk over Top of each other. Then one would get a good point, and then
1: another person would get a good point. But the problem is that. Even when they got a good point, they went off the rails so fast that there was not enough time to digest that good point. You know what I'm saying? It it didn't actually create an aha moment for anyone, especially if you're paying close attention to the issues like we have been over the last few months um, with respect to the the presidential race in the United States. Um, There wasn't there wasn't a real opportunity for the person who hasn't been paying attention to actually digest what was the aha moment or those those actual clear um, shots that were landed, there just really wasn't a time to uh, to digest. And I think every every good moment was completely lost.
0: Well, I think you and I had this <clears throat> conversation beforehand, too, when we said most people who are tuning into this debate because this election is unlike a lot of the elections that we've seen presidential. 2016, it was a divide. They were the most two hated uh, presidential candidates in history. 2012, you had Mitt Romney and Barack Obama. You had a sitting president who was doing well. You had a incumbent Republican who was trying to do well uh, Even in McCain versus Obama You had clear Outlines and there was that 15% of the population Who was always undecided I think in this election and I, We talked about it a little bit beforehand That uh There is no middle now, right? People watch this to see what it was going to be like. They were not going into potentially, there might be those 2% that are looking for that answer. But right now, I think we're 36 days out, 35 when this airs, that people have made up their mind because they're voting
1: now, right? I think the advantage for Trump in this case is his ability to be wishy-washy and sit on both sides of the fence at the same time while straddling the fence as well. And um, he's able to come across as as being sympathetic to every single side, um, and nobody can pin him on anything, right? Um, And and Biden is trying to put his ideas across, but unfortunately, he gets caught up in in, uh, the Trump, uh, I guess, baiting him throughout it, and then him responding, and then him also being taken off track. So I I just don't see how uh, either one of them could actually declare victory tonight because it's just, there wasn't anything that landed. I don't think there was very much that could, could have saved that tonight, but uh, because both of their personalities are such that it was almost, almost, uh, I guess, preordained that it was going to happen this way. But I, I do like the fact that um, people have seen it for the first time uh, those two on stage and they might be able to solidify their belief of them. Right. Did you did you get the sense that
0: this was what it was going to be like beforehand? Because when originally when I was going to sit down, we were joking. Yes, it's going to be those two old grandfathers yelling at the sky and yelling out the sky is blue and it should be green, whatever. But originally I was like, okay, maybe there's going to be some civility in this. Right. Because I'm always in the belief that you should always have some civility, when you're trying to run for political office, no matter what level it is, I did not expect 90 minutes of, as Dana Bash said on uh, CNN just after it aired, was a shit show. So, did you expect
1: that? Yes, I did. Really? I was expecting that because uh, President Trump doesn't actually play by the rules, and even though his people agree to the rules, um, and he probably did agree to the rules that had been agreed to, he wasn't actually going to follow them, right? that's that's his shtick. That's what he does. And uh, Biden, for the most part, tried to adhere to the rules. But he himself started interrupting Trump, right? So, like, you can't you 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 can't expect that uh, that Biden was going to sit there and be quietly uh, letting Trump get in all of his information without actually interrupting after having been interrupted himself. So, I I expected full, fully expected uh, tonight was going to look like this, and uh, I wasn't disappointed.
0: I was surprised by the name. Called- Trump called Biden dumb? Don't, uh, he, he He made a comment, I don't know the exact quote, but he made a comment about uh, don't ever say how smart you are because you don't even remember what college you went to. What was the college you went to? Never say that you're smart around me. Uh, Joe Biden called Donald Trump a clown to his face. Which, a couple of times. Which, if you watch Twitter during the debate, that blew up Twitter for a while. And then ooh, the one thing that surprised the he- heck out of me was... Joe Biden telling Donald Trump to shut up. Yeah. Like you just never see that in a presidential debate
1: Like to say shut up to a sitting president That's huge And you don't have to respect the man But you have to respect the office right Yeah. And I've always believed that You don't have to agree with somebody But you have to respect the office that they occupy And um, he didn't show that And that to me was disappointing Because if what he wanted to present to the to the American voters Was that he was the adult in the room I don't think he succeeded doing that tonight <laughs> For Biden? For Biden. Biden, yeah. I, I think coming away from this,
0: if there is a second debate, because I think Donald Trump is going to have a meltdown, or President Trump is going to have a meltdown and potentially say he doesn't want one because the moderator wasn't fair to him, because I found, and I'm not sure if you found this, Chris Wallace was defi- like interjecting into Joe Biden to say, Joe Biden, or Donald Trump, let Joe Biden finish this. Joe, uh, Donald Trump, can you be quiet for two minutes? you got two minutes, he's going to get two minutes now, and it wasn't the other way around, so I think Donald Trump's going to walk away and say, I don't want to debate because it's unfair to me, I want a true debate where it's not a moderated one, so I don't think, I think this is the only debate we're going to see this
1: season, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case, but I think that um, I'm looking forward to the vice presidential debate because I think we're going to get more of the meat and bones of, of their policies mm-hmm. and actually have uh, a little bit more of the quorum, I would hope, But but you're right. I don't think that uh, uh, President Trump is going to be too keen to re- repeat tonight, um, especially when he, I don't think, well, I'm sure he's going to try and make himself the winner, but I don't think he came away as actually being uh, the winner of tonight's uh, debate.
0: Do you think it solidified his base,
1: though? I think his base has been solidified for quite some time, and it, this doesn't this this wasn't going to change anything about that. I think he was going to, um, if he was going to do anything in tonight's debate, was to persuade those remaining voters that were not so sure about him who may have voted for him last time, but wasn't weren't so sure about it this time around. And I don't know that he did that.
0: I don't either, because the whole time it was about Joe. He seemed to just want to attack Joe. Right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't I'm doing this for you. It's Joe did this with uh, Barack Obama. So I had four years, but I had to clean up the mess that was left by Barack Obama and Joe Biden.
1: And that's one of the things that I think Joe did well, because there were a few moments where he turned to the camera and spoke to the people he said, this is not about me, it's not about him, it's about you, and I think that was very effective, um, how effective it will be in the end, and we will see, but uh, I think that was a, a very good tactic on his part.
0: Now, one of the areas that uh, I thought they were going to lead off with was coronavirus, and uh, the 200,000 had passed away, uh, rest their souls. How do you think Trump handled that? I, th- I thought it came off as a cluster. Like, it just, he did not have a proper answer to to address the fact that 200 people, 200,000 people have passed away on his watch because of this pandemic. <laughs>
1: I don't think that anyone out there has the answer to the pandemic right now, right? If the answer was already out there, we would be seeing it being implemented and we would see the decline in the pandemic. Um, And I think if people, uh, politicians in office right now were being honest, they would be saying, we don't have the answers, but this is what we want to do. A, B, and C. We want to talk to the experts, follow their advice, do whatever it is that they're, they're, they're supposed to be doing, implementing policies. So I don't know that you can blame... Any politician at this time for uh, for the pandemic and, and the outcomes that we are seeing. However, we can blame them for their lack of uh, lack of vision or a lack of um, planning to actually implement uh, measures, right? He doesn't really, like, he made a mockery of, of the mask by pulling one out. I mean, that was a, a shtick. You think I mean, so? Oh, God, yeah. You think he had that prepared? Oh, yeah. I think I think that was going to be, uh, I think that was scripted, completely scripted. Um, the thing is, I, I I don't see him actually being honest in that respect because one day he's pro-mask, pro, his, his pro mask, the next day he's against it. Um, he is undermining the scientists in his own administration that he has appointed, uh, and, and their um, guidelines, their, their directions, and uh, continues to contradict public policy whenever it doesn't suit him. And so his lack of, of, of clear direction to the public, I think, has created more chaos, and it's created more confusion, and that's caused more um, people to become infected. I think it, there is a direct correlation when there isn't any public policy in place. And uh, tonight he could have actually been very clear about what his vision is to implement a plan to combat COVID, and he didn't do that.
0: Yeah, he, Donald Trump has the tendency... Neither of them did. No, exactly. And that's the one thing that I wanted to mention as well. Neither one of them came off as here is my plan for what we are going to do, yeah. right? There were moments of okay, this is what I might do. We are going to potentially do this, but there was no concrete action, concrete policy, and that's what usually the policy wonks, like you and I will look for right is what is the policy right because I know at the end they talked about climate change for the first time in eight years of debates uh, presidential debates climate change was a big issue so uh, Joe Biden was trying to talk about how he was going to bring the green new deal but his green new deal not the true green new deal not the radical left green new deal as Donald Trump
1: would call it well he called it the Biden new deal
0: there you go the (laughs) Biden new deal instead of the radical left new deal so there war uh, attempts at it, but in a playground fight, you don't bring policy, you bring sand, right? And Donald Trump is a playground bully. He will go in and he will make sure his voice is heard at all times. Even if he doesn't have the right answer, he will give his answer, which he thinks is right. Right. Joe Biden, 47 years in politics. He came to the playground fight with a school book and like a calculator
1: and no one was having that on that de- debate stage. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing with with Trump is that he is um, he's unable to really stick to a, 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 an issue long enough for it to for him to say something substantive enough where he can be pinned for it, right? He is very um high Level kind of policy, and um, and and Biden is the kind of guy who wants to get into the the nitty gritty. The, the, uh, the nitty gritty. Thank you. Yeah, and. And because of that, they're not even speaking the same language, right? Yeah. So it sounded completely. Um, there was a lot of dissonance with what we were saying. Now, when it came to um, talking about uh, uh, the environment, they they again, I think, missed the, the missed the whole point of it, which is it's not weather, right? It's climate. It's a totally different thing. And they don't recognize the long-term impact that today's policies will have, right? We are seeing today the effects of policies from decades and decades ago. And I don't think they're really understanding that just because they attack climate change today, it means that next year there won't be as many wildfires in California.
0: Well, and that's where the original question came from. It wasn't about climate change. It was, hey, how do we stop the wildfires in California? Yeah, from growing and doing this over and over again, and then for somehow, some reason, it went from that to the radical left green new deal, and everyone was going, "Okay, what?" and Joe Biden talking about coal fired gas
1: plants and, and
0: jobs, and exactly, green, yeah. and how like is it a hundred thousand or a hundred million or a hundred trillion? And uh, the average voter does not care about that. They <laughs> just want to know: Do they have a job? Are they safe at night? and that's
1: it yeah and and that's the thing I, I think it was uh, a missed opportunity to educate as well um people on, on what actually climate change means, right? We are, like I said, I, 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 we are living now the effects of many decades of, of public policy and changing that public policy tomorrow doesn't mean that next year there won't be as many wildfires or as many hurricanes or as many floods or whatever. It's it's going to have a long term. Uh, it's going to be a long time before we see the, the effects of has changing our, our public policy and the way we do uh, businesses and business and what have you. So that was a missed opportunity. The other thing uh, with respect to COVID to go, to go back to, um, it seems to me that uh, uh, President Trump has the idea that if um, there is a vaccine tomorrow, then the day after, everything goes back to normal. And that's not the case. And I, and I think that, that goes back to their inability to grasp the impact of those things happening, right? Um, improving climate change or coming to a vaccine. Uh, discovering a vaccine and implementing it those things take time and the impact of them will not be felt right away yeah. so how do they mitigate the impact to the economy and and to, you know, everyday life while implementing solutions and implementing a long-term plan. They didn't lay out any of that. So I am still feeling like they, they really don't understand what the issue, fundamentally what the issue really is. They
0: didn't lay that out, but they also haven't laid that out In the whole campaign Yeah Right It's What are we doing right now It's not What are we going to do It's not being the uh, Proactive It's being reactive To everything right It's reacting to 200,000 people Who have passed away It's not being proactive To say How do we stop that Yes People are going to be Pissed off when I say this But mandatory masks Right If We live in a city That is currently Under that one Right Mm -hmm. In public places You have to have a mask Like a mask Over your mouth And nose In the States, that would not fly, I think. So they need to be more reactive or proactive in their approach to all issues. But I just don't see how they can bring that to the attention of 300 million, 338 million people over the next 36 days. Because the the states, as much as Canada, we say we're divided, they are more divided than we are in any given day.
1: Well, and, and, and the, on the issue of division, um, the issue of race was brought up and um, again, they're talking about policing and talking about um, but they're, they're talking about policing and whether the police should be funded or defunded, or uh, whether you believe in 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 uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, law and order. Law and order. Thank because you. Because you won't say law, law and order.
0: order, will you? And then Joe Donna Joe Biden was like, "I believe in law and order on some things." I was like, "What?"
1: Yeah. So. And again, it totally misses the point. That's not what the issue is. the 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 point that I believe, or as I understand, is being raised here, is a systemic problem of racism that is manifested within um, uh, within the police. But as well as the courts, as well as employment and education and healthcare, and I think I think Biden touched on it because he did say something along the lines: "There is
0: a systematic racism or injustice in our society, in our education, in our economy, in our
1: legal system." And he pointed out to the fact that COVID has disproportionately affected Afro uh, American communities more than any other. And so, um, but but again, they missed the point because that's what these people are talking about. Yes, is police brutality. But what they want to change is a system, right? A system that um, allows for such brutality to happen without any repercussion, without any accountability to the public. And, and it starts with the police because it's the, the most obvious one, but it doesn't stop there. It goes far beyond that. And so to single out one like um, law and order misses the mark completely, uh, I believe, because you have to talk about the law. Um, you have to talk about uh, the economy. You have to talk about healthcare, You have to talk about education. All of these things happen in tandem to promote the racist racism uh, that people of color experience every day. Biden did put out one
0: policy along that. He said if he was elected on... November 4th, or whatever, and he's sworn in. The first thing he'll do is bring together uh, activists from the racial communities, the uh, minority communities, I mean, uh, police chiefs, pl- uh, legal experts, and put them in a room and say, How do we solve this? Mm-hmm. Right? So, I, uh, well, I did say in the 10 minutes ago that there wasn't much policy, there were tidbits, but not that
1: much. Yeah. So, and you know, on that point, I don't know how effective something like that would be because, um, one thing I found. Um, talking to folks in the community was that a lot of them felt disenfranchised from those organizations and felt that they didn't represent them. So I'm hoping that everyday folks, not just the people in community um, in positions of power within the community, get to do that. But um, that's the here or there with respect to this um, debate. I, I think that overall, I was disappointed, but I was I was this I wasn't surprised at, at how it turned out or how it was conducted. Um, I am disappointed for the voter because I don't think they were able to get the information they needed if they needed to make a decision tonight. Um, But overall, I think we've seen many people come forward and saying that um, they are more than happy uh, to have already voted, to have already made a decision, and there's very little that can be said to change their minds.
0: One of the things that I found, the, the biggest takeaway from tonight's debate for me, besides the grandpa's fighting, uh was the last question that Chris Wallace posted to both Biden and Trump which was if no election when if there's no clear winner on election day will you not declare victory until it's certified by the election committee and Joe Biden said yes but it was a wishy-washy yes and then Trump went in on this five-minute, which was supposed to be two-minute rant about how ballots need to be counted, but if you Take one from Florida and you give one and then you have to give one back. He lost me on that one, which I didn't really understand. But what it got down to was he didn't say he would not declare victory and not tell his side, his supporters to just be calm. Let let the counting happen, because I think that's what Americans are looking for right now or both sides to say whatever happens on November 3rd or 4th. We need to wait until it's actually certified. It could take a week. It could take a few days. It could take, like Donald Trump said, a month until an actual winner is declared. I think if there's no clear winner on a, uh, on election day in the states, it could get worse down there.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I. Um the one thing that Americans have prided themselves over, despite how, however um, fractured their country is or has been at various stages in, in their history, there's always been this idea of peaceful transition of power, right? Which doesn't happen everywhere, to be fair. And I think it's a, it's a good uh, indication of a stable democracy. And... The fact that we're talking about it tells me that this idea of a stable democracy existing in the United States, is a bit um, it's a bit of a stretch. I think they're in, in real trouble when it comes to um, uh, the democratic institutions, especially when he's he's attempting to appoint a Supreme Court judge that could actually be making a decision on this very issue a few months from now. And um, and that to me just, you know, it, it just doesn't pass the smell test at all. It does. Definitely- bode well
0: when you have three presidents in the last 40 years who have only served one term, who have peacefully handed over the reins to the next person in the transition of power. I... I hope that there is a peaceful transition to the power. Like you said, it doesn't bode well, doesn't pass the smell test that there will be one. Um, but I'm hoping that there will be one. So here's here's hoping that I, I am trying to bring back Barack Obama's hope right now. <laughs> Don't know why, but I'm just hoping Um is there anything out of that last like ninety minutes and well hour two hours now because we're almost at the half hour mark and we're almost done uh, that you can say you know what it is what it is this is this is
1: American politics that is best or finest or worst um, I was. Honestly, hoping for better yeah. because they are uh, in a position in the world to be leaders, right? A lot of um, burgeoning democracies are looking to these established democracies to, 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 I guess, as an example, right? And um, and they're not setting a very good example, unfortunately. And tonight, prove that um, that the instability that has been caused has been caused over the past few years is going to make it even worse. And I hope that's the case that we actually have a peaceful transitional power in the United States because it does affect uh, geopolitically Canada yep. um, and I and it affects the world the world yeah but we being so close to that yes. it affects us even more right so I, I don't want to I have family in the States um, if I was an American citizen I would be worried <laughs> Um, As a Canadian, I am worried, Um, but uh, uh, I hope that um, cooler heads prevail and that um, there are some grownups in the room that are able to sit down uh, the 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 uh, the crazies and talk some sense into them, whatever, whoever they are, wherever they happen to be. And... um, and that's, you know, democracy, as as much as people see uh, fault in it, it is up until now the best system of governance that we have. And uh, I think as a, as a, as a society, we uh, we benefit from having um, a democratic system in, in place. And so for the sake of the Americans and the sake of the world, I hope that they're able to figure it out. Prediction? Do you think there's going to be a second debate? I think not. I don't know. No. <laughs> I think, I, let me put it this way I wouldn't sit.
0: <laughs> well, I forced you to sit through that 90 minutes. I will not force you to sit through the next 90 minutes. I have someone else for episode two, so Yay. don't worry. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you once again for listening to the Cross Border Interview Podcast. If you love this episode of the Cross Border Interview Podcast, head over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. All the links to our social media accounts are in the show notes or visit www.crossborderinterviews.ca. The Cross Border Interview Podcast was produced and edited by Miranda Brown & Associates Incorporated. Be sure to tune in for our next episode of the Cross Border Interview Podcast. Once
1: again, thank you. Bye.